Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Man, I got, I got to ask you, to, I got a very important prayer request. You think I'm kidding, I'm not, trust me. So I get up yesterday morning early and I go out onto my deck and I'm working on some things on my computer about 6.30 I'm working, I'm just, it's just me, the birds, the deer, the, you know, I'm just doing some work and then. I'm there until Penny gets up, and then she talks, and I'm still working on some stuff, and we think, let's go. We don't have any grandkids around today, or no kids. We're going to go run and goof and all that kind of stuff. So we left the house about 10.30, and we did all that. And then we came back, and, and uh, she wanted to take a little nap while I did some more running, which is like who we are. And uh, we get back to the house about ooh, 2. Yep, there it was, my computer sitting on the deck. After it rained, my thoughts exactly of, ugh. I mean, there are some things that just cause you to go, ugh. And now it is actually sitting on my counter like this because I Googled, what do you do when it rains on your laptop? And it says, do this and do not turn it on, Troy, for 48 hours. They how hard that has been for me, okay? It isn't even the computer. It's the information on the computer. It should be in a cloud somewhere, right, Troy? So anyhow, it is, it is like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And yet, and yet, you know what I said to my wife? Because she like, thinks I'm an idiot. But anyhow, and she said something that was like, about it, and we're just like, you know what, though? I looked at her and said, you know what, baby? I've had worse happen in my life. Come on, I've had worse. It'll be all right. Amen? Amen. All right, grab your Bibles. Now, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Last week, it was an interesting Sunday. I preached a message to the first service crowd. I almost, if you recall, I almost switched gears and change direction, and I almost preached from Luke chapter 8. And then I started into what I was going to preach, only to end up what I originally was going to preach is what I preached. So then I get into the second service, and again, I felt this urge. I thought, I don't think I'm going to change. I think the Lord wants me to change message and, and go to Luke 8. But somehow, prior to going to Luke 8, I started to expound on Acts chapter 16 to the people in the second service. And all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? I'm supposed to preach from Acts chapter 16. How many know you think ADD is a, a curse? I'm just telling you it's a blessing from God. <laughs> but the Lord gave me this message for the service, but, but it became apparent to me later on that I needed to preach. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to flip-flop the messages. So you're going to get this morning what I preached in the second service last week. And the second service is going to get what I preached to you in the first service last week, I think. Because Luke 8 is still rumbling in my mind, i got to tell you. There's a wonderful scripture in Luke 8 that I'm going to do a message on very soon that talks about what do you do when your system doesn't work. All right? And it tells the story of two people whose system ran out. Jairus, the religious man who had a, woman, a daughter laid dying, and the woman with the issue of blood. Two people. One, the Bible says he was a religious man. Jairus came to the woman came to Jesus because his little girl was dying and he couldn't do anything about it. The system couldn't fix it. How many of those sometimes your systems can't fix something? And then there's the story of the woman with the issue of blood who spent all of her money to get well and didn't. And what does she do when the system ran out? But that's not today. Today is Acts chapter 16. And I want to say this to you right off the bat. This is the title of the message, I think, somewhere. Don't I, Troy? You have to understand I sent this from my old computer. <laughs> Because my new one is sitting like a teepee, drying out. 
Do we have a try? Whoa, we got giving up. Okay, let's talk about money. All right, now, there's two ways to give, by the way. There's the boxes up here and there's the boxes on the wall. All right, while they're figuring out what's wrong, let me tell you the title. The title of the message this morning is going to be this. Last week I called it Praise in the Prison. Today I want to call it this because I believe what I'm going to say, that the very title of the message is going to be a mandate on you. It is going to be a slap in the face for some of you. But I really believe in worship, the Lord was telling me some things. And it's simply this, put your praise on. Put your praise on. Some of you have taken it off. And you've allowed circumstances and situations and stuff going on, whether it be in the nation, whether it be in the world, whether it be COVID, whether it be all the political crap, whether your own stuff, whether your own garbage, whether your own junk, whether it's junk in your family, junk in yourself. How many know we all, all got junk in the trunk? Amen? And what do we do? We get the junk in the trunk and it starts to bug us and we take our praise off and all of a sudden we are a fraction of what we once were when it comes to praising God. And the enemy wins. And the enemy wins. You see, I'm going to take you on a journey in Acts chapter 16 this morning. And if you could grab your Bibles and you could turn there with me, I'm going to read some scriptures. Oh, well. That's not the title, Troy. I know it's what I sent. It's just not supposed to be on there. <laughs> I, he gave me 20 minutes to preach. How many know that's not happening? I like that man over there. All right, the, the title of the message is put your praise on. Acts chapter 16. Let me give you this. Um, verse 16, I'm going to read some, then I'll bring it up on the slides. It says, it happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out saying, these men are bond servants of the most high God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed. Let me stop right there. Can I say something to the church? Can we get annoyed about the right things? What are the right things? The right things to get annoyed about are those who are held captive by the enemy. The things that we need to be annoyed about are the spiritual things that are happening in the land with our people who are, people who are oppressed, people who are possessed by the devil under enemy occupation, all right? You can get annoyed with masks if you want. I would suggest we get more annoyed with what's going on in people's lives because of the enemy. I, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't gotta put, I don't care one way or the other. Sometimes I wear one, sometimes I don't. But that's just me and my life, all right? I'm just saying to us this morning, the church must become annoyed. And when it becomes annoyed about the right things, there will be people who are released from satanic captivity. Okay, let me go. The, okay, Paul was greatly annoyed, and he turned and he said to the spirit, again, listen to me. The battle is not against flesh and blood, ladies and gentlemen. The battle is against principalities and authorities. Our battle is not Joe Biden. Our battle is not Wolf. Our battle is not Trump. Our battle is not the Democrats. Our battle is not the Republicans. Our battle is principalities and authorities that are making war on you and I. We must remember that. It is incredibly important to remember that. It's easier to make it about flesh and blood, is it not? It's so much easier. And Paul, he turns around and he's into the spirit. Listen to me. I absolutely believe that there is a virus. But I absolutely believe there has been a virus that has been weaponized by political people looking for power. And I believe there has been a virus that has been weaponized by the principalities and authorities that war against us in the heavenly realms. All right, so let us understand. Is there a virus? Yeah. What's the extent of it? I think it's much less than what it is, appears to be. 
That being said, how many know it has been weaponized by those who want to use it against you? All right? Especially in the spirit realm where there is the battle against the church. I do not believe every person on the other side of the equation is out to persecute the church. But I do believe the spirit realm is out to silence and persecute the church. Amen? So therefore, what do we do? Well, let me continue. I don't even get into the message yet. I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. How many know there's still power in the name of Jesus? There's still power in the name of Jesus. And at that moment, it came out. Now, and you know what happened? And, and here's what it doesn't say in the scripture. And at that very moment, it came out, and her owners and the devil and the demons went, good job, Paul. Good job, Silas. Man, we've been waiting for somebody to set her free. Had a boy. How I many know that's not true? Now, because the moment you step into enemy territory and you take people out of enemy territory, how many know there's going to be an attack from enemy territory? There is a battle, ladies and gentlemen, right? I could take you back, and I could take you back to when we were doing the 11th Street Project, whenever we were doing the things that we were doing, and we were taking a drug house that became a church that became a drug house, and a place that became uh, used for evil. And I can tell you about the battles that would go on in my own personal life, where one day we'd have a great victory, the next day it was all hell broke loose in my life. And I could take you on that journey, up and down and up and down. I could chart my highs with Nick's lows at that point in time in life, okay? And I'm just saying, it's a punch, counter punch. Now I have 24 hours to preach. Praise the Lord! It'll be a Eutychus moment as Paul preached on and on. Eutychus fell out of his window when he fell asleep. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas. They drugged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews and are proclaiming customs which is not lawful for us to accept or to observe being Romans, okay? Here's where we pick it up. Then the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. There's a nice reward for your day's labor. And at that time, <laughs> skip that one, and after they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and he fastened their feet in stocks. And you have to understand something. These feet are positioned in stocks so they cannot move. It is not comfortable. It bruises their feet, all right? And they could not move. But about midnight, the Bible says that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And the jailer called uh, for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Listen to me, church. How many know it was a good thing that Paul and Silas put their praise on? Come on. <laughs> praise is not about a feeling. Praise does not come from feeling. 
Praise comes from truth. Praise comes from the truth of who God is. Praise comes from the who God is. And what the scripture says is, praise doesn't come from a feeling because the fact of the matter is, there are times in my life where I don't feel like praising them. If praise was dependent on feelings, how many know there are times you'd never open your mouth? Praise has nothing to do with your feelings. Oh, trust me, understand me, that when you praise, God will inhabit that praise, and his spirit will meet your spirit, and how many know your feelings will change? But it is not based on faith. Its foundation is not feelings. Its foundation is truth. Great are you, Lord. No matter what my situation, no matter what my circumstance, great are you, Lord. Praise your name. You're high and lifted up. Come on. It is about the truth of who God is. Praise comes from there. If your praise comes from anywhere else, it'll be tainted. Now, let's take a look at this scripture. First of all, look at this. It's an amazing thing. So Paul and Silas, by the power of Jesus, cast out this demon out of this little slave girl who's being extorted by her owners for money. And when that happens, they get arrested, beaten, stripped, and put in prison. Do you really think God couldn't have stopped that from happening? Do you really think God couldn't have said, whoa, 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 time out. Strike that one dead, strike that one dead, strike that one dead, strike that one dead. I'm not letting them go to prison. I'm not going to let them be beaten. I'm not going to allow them to be stripped. I'm not going to allow them. Do you really think God couldn't have stopped that? Of course he could have stopped it. But he didn't. But he didn't stop it. Why? Why? See, he wasn't the originator of it either. Okay? Just like, how many know, the devil wasn't attacking me when I left my computer on the deck. <laughs> how many know that wasn't the devil? That was dumb, dumb Jim. <laughs> okay? You see, there are times in our life where we have to accept this notion that God is willing to allow you hardship so others can see him. There are times, listen to me, and, and, and it's a hard thing to navigate sometimes because I believe in our life there are those things that are done by the enemy against us. There are the things that we do and there are things that God does allow to happen and there are things that God takes us through. This is a moment where I believe with all of my heart God could have easily stopped them from going to prison, from being beaten, and from being tortured the way that they were. But yet he chose not to. Why? Because there were a group of prisoners and a jailer on the other side of the equation that needed to see the God of Paul and Silas. And I want to say to you this morning, there are people on the other side of your circumstance that need to see the God that you worship. Okay? It's just the way it is. And they won't see him by your whining, complaining, moaning, groaning, although we like to do that. Feels good, doesn't it? I looked all over creation yesterday for some stuff. I, went from, I was everywhere yesterday. It was great. Just loved that day. And I was looking for some things, and I never did find the things, and I was frustrated. So what I did, I went grocery shopping and bought comfort food. <laughs> Not really. I did go grocery shopping, though. You see, God is willing to allow you hardship so others can see him. Are you willing to go through a little bit of hardship that might bring a revelation to people of who God is? We've got to be careful. I, I believe that God blesses. I believe he wants to prosper you. I believe God wants to do all goody, good things in your life. And yet I believe there are moments he will say, I'm going to allow you to go through a season so other people can see you. Are you willing to do that for him? Are you willing to do that for them? You see, so what happens? Now, here they are. They're put in prison, and they're put in this prison for what they did. But they begin to pray in prayer. 
Prayer and praise is an invitation for God to intervene in your situation. How many of you need God to intervene in situations right now? Anybody? Right? And how do I get God? How do I invite God into intervening in this situation? I pray. I praise. And that invites him into the situation. Right? How many, how many men we got in the house today that have a hard time asking for help? How many times have you, <laughs> Lee put, well, actually, Lee put one hand up, Debbie put his other hand up. Like, you, you just like, I could get it. Your wife's saying, why don't you call somebody and get help? I got it. Mm-hmm. Three days later, you're still, like, your back's still out. Right? How many of you ever, you just, you just had a hard time asking for help, saying, I'll get it, I can do it. And when you say that to God, how many know God will say, okay, you got it then. You see, when we pray and we praise, it is an invitation saying, God, I need you to intervene on my behalf. Right? And you're looking at Paul and Paul, what are they doing? They're at midnight. They're praising God. They're praying. I, I got this funny notion, though. I don't think they were doing a whole lot of, oh, God, rescue us prayer. I really don't. I'll show you a little bit later on what I think they were doing. Okay? But when you pray and you praise, you're inviting God into your situation. Now, pray, prayer and praise is an invitation for God to bring a manifestation so that it will be a revelation for those who don't know him. Look what happened, literally. I, I preached this last week with no notes. And when I preached it, the Lord showed me in that moment. Now, I don't know why, you just sometimes you read the scripture and you don't really notice something. It says they were praising Praying and singing, and all the other prisoners were listening to them. (laughs) All the other prisoners were listening to them. Who is it in your environment that's hearing your praise? Who is it that's in your environment that needs to hear your prayer and praise? Who is it in your environment that might be held captive with you in a situation that needs to hear your prayer and your praise? Now, they've already heard enough of the whining and the complaining and the moaning and the groaning and the critical nature and the the negativity. Come on, how many know we're good at that? Right? But who is it in your circle that needs to hear your prayer and praise? Because what the prayer and praise did was it brought a manifestation of God when he shook those walls, when he broke those chains, and now there were those who were held captive that had a manifestation of who God was. You know what our, uh, listen to me. I believe in the preaching of the gospel. I believe with it in all of my heart. I love to preach. And God, God wants us to preach, but God also wants us to bring a manifestation of who he is to the people. We must bring a manifestation, Right? And then this manifestation becomes a revelation of those who don't know him. When we fail to pray and praise in every situation, listen to me, we may actually be working against God. God, okay? I believe that God had a plan for the jailer to get saved. Come on. I believe God had a plan for some prisoners to be set free and get saved. And I believe God says, okay, I'm going to use a couple of my servants. They're going to go through a season of hardship, but they're going to pray and praise, I think, I hope. (laughs) And when they do, I'm going to bring a manifestation that's going to become a revelation so that people can get saved. But when you find yourself in hardship 
and you won't pray and you won't praise him, you actually will be working against the very purpose that you may be in that season. I don't want to work against him. I want to work with him. Hmm? I want to work with him. And there's times in my life, I'm going to tell you point blank, there's times in my life where I do things, say things that aren't working with them. Anybody else ever been there? Okay, this side. You guys keep up the good work. <laughs> Don't you wish you were more like them? <laughs> okay, I'm just like America. I've just created a divide. Listen to me. If you will praise him in every situation, you are actually working along with him in every situation. All right? Your prayer and your praise may just be the key that sets the captive free. Watch what the scripture says. And when they, um, watch this. And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations were shaken and immediately the doors were open. Watch this. And everyone's chains were unfastened. Not just Paul and Silas. Everyone's. Wow. Everyone's. Is it possible that you could be the key through whom God would work to bring freedom to the captive? Is it possible that you could be a catalyst for the freedom of somebody else? Enough said. I said it already. Prayer and praise invites God into your circumstance. But there's a very important component of this I've got to have you see. How many of you like, how many of you like to be hit? Good, nobody. How many of you like, when somebody hits you, you like really would like to hit them back? Okay, is there any non-Christians in here? I mean, like all these Christians are giving me the right answer. Okay, let me, let me go. That's too violent. Okay, when somebody insults you, how many of you like to insult them back? Mocks you, you want to mock them back, right? We like to play eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, right? My, my sister tells the story of when they were kids that her sister bit her. They were little, bit her, to which... She cried out, Penny cried out to her mother. She knew she was going to get in trouble. Shelly did. So what did Shelly do? She's probably watching by live stream. I'm ratting you out. So what did she do before mama got over there? She bit herself and said Penny bit her first. Mm -hmm. To which then Penny got in trouble for being the first biter who wasn't actually the biter. How many know she was seeking revenge after that? You see, in our life, we don't like to be hit. We don't like to be insulted. We don't like to be marked, mocked. And when we are, we want to give, give what? Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. We want to strike back, right? The problem, here, now watch this. So Paul and Silas, unjustly, unfairly, wrongly, beaten, stripped, imprisoned, chained, and lied about, are put in prison. They praise and they pray at midnight. God reveals his power. He takes the chains off. The doors fly open. That's it. It's my ticket. I'm out of here. 
right? Not Paul. This dude's going to kill himself. I don't care. I'll pass you up as I leave. I'll step over your dead body. Right? And Paul says what? Don't harm yourself. We're still here. It is amazing to me that passage of Scripture. You see, the fruit of praise invited God into the situation. But the fruit of the Spirit invited the jailer to salvation. All right, let me go on. Watch this. Paul and Silas prayed and praised their God with their mouth while demonstrating the character of Christ with their actions that brought a man to salvation. They praised God at midnight with their lips. They prayed to God at midnight with their lips. God moved in their midst. Now their captive, their oppressor, their persecutor is going to kill himself. And now what does Paul and Silas put on? They put on the character and the person of Jesus and said, don't harm yourself. We're still here. We must understand that we must operate with a spirit of praise and we must operate with a spirit of prayer while operating in the character of Jesus so that people see who Jesus is. All right? We are living in a day, and I want to caution the church, we are living in a time when we want to praise God with our tongues on Sunday and curse our enemies on Monday. We are wanting to praise our God on Sunday with our mouth and curse our enemy on Monday with our fingers. Come on, let me give me some dramatic music. I'm meddling, ain't I? If we want the unbelievers in our country to get saved, they must see a manifestation and a revelation of who Jesus is through the power and the person of who Jesus is. We must be kind to our enemies. We must be loving to our enemies. Kelly hit the scripture. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Pray for your enemy. Bless those who curse you. I don't like those scriptures, but it's still scripture. <laughs> Say, why don't you like it? Because they're hard to do. And I don't want to do them. And I don't want to do them in my flesh. Come on. In my flesh, I want to hit you back. In my flesh, I want to insult you. In my flesh, I want to get angry. In my flesh, I want to do a lot of stuff. We're living in a time where the church thinks it's okay to come into the house of God. Say it like a preacher. God. And we put on our praise in the house. And we put on our prayer in the house. And we go back out. And we start to fight and mock and insult and curse our enemies. And they're not getting a revelation of who Jesus is. They need to see who Jesus is. You see, the fruit of prayer and praise combined with the fruit of the Spirit will lead others to Christ. Prayer and praise brought a manifestation of God into the prison. The character of Christ was brought in through Paul and Silas. Do you know who the fragrance of Christ is? You. Me. Sometimes I stink. Have <laughs> you ever smelled dead body? It's not pleasant. Sometimes I smell like that more than Christ. It was prayer and praise that invited God into their midst, and he brought a manifestation 
that became a revelation to the prisoners. But to that jailer, I believe with all of my heart, he saw the manifestation of God. And he saw the person of Jesus through the character of Paul and Silas. Don't harm yourself. We're here. You see, the person of Christ, when we put him on, remembers that God is not willing that any should perish. That God does not delight in the death of the wicked. Do you know when Jeffrey Epstein died, God wept? That man was vile. The things that he did was vile, evil, wicked. And yet God does not take any delight in his death. Why would we? Why would we? Now listen to me, I rejoice when evil gets put down. But may we never get to the place in our Christianity where we think it's okay to delight in the death of the wicked. And in this hour, it is so ramped up. It is so ramped up on an everyday basis that we are getting sucked into the ways of the world. We are getting sucked into, and we can't. Why? Why? Because it is the ungodly that need to see Jesus. And our prayer and our praise invites him in. But I will tell you, the fruit of the Spirit, the character of Christ, shows people Jesus. And isn't it funny then? The one who chained them and inflicted their wounds became the healer of their wounds. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Okay, I thought it was cool. I thought, I thought it was cool. The one who jailed them, guarded them, chained them, probably helped beat them, is now healing their wounds at night. <laughs> I wonder how many people out there who are attacking the church will become healers of the church whenever somebody shows them Jesus. Just a thought. Hmm? Paul and Silas were the persecuted church. They were persecuted. I mean, right? The persecuted church lifted up prayer, praise, and a presentation of the person of Jesus that set the captives free. I saw firsthand in 2016 the persecuted church of China being allowed to worship in Hong Kong before Hong Kong went crazy again. It was the most incredible, awe-inspiring presentation of prayer, praise, passion, because, man, they have been doing it in hiding for so long in house churches all over China, all over mainland China, where they couldn't lift up a voice without being persecuted. And somebody set these 5,000 people free in this auditorium. And I'm telling you, the spirit, I couldn't understand a word they were saying, but I know what they were saying. Because the spirit of prayer and the spirit of praise took over that building. And it was incredible. Oh, and by the way, just so you know, mingled all through that crowd were the police who were supposed to be there to make sure they weren't talking again against the state. Come in, no, they got a witness. They got a witness. Come on. They, they, and, I, and, I, and like I look at us, and I, well, the church in America may not be persecuted as such, 
but it must be a church that lifts up prayer, praise, coupled with the character of Christ so the captives on both sides of the situation can be set free. You see, the prisoners weren't the only captive. How many know the Roman jailer was captive? Right? I got to tell you something this morning. Listen to me. The other side that you think is so vile and those who are unbelievers, they are captives on the other side of the equation. They are captives on the other side of the equation that need a revelation and a manifestation of who Jesus is. Some people wonder what they were singing. We really don't know, okay? We don't really know what they were singing. It says they were singing hymns, right? It says they were singing hymns. Some think they might have been singing the halal, which is one third, Psalm 113 through 118 and 136, right? Um, they were probably singing psalms, right? I, mean, I just I picked out a few, and let's just, let's just take a look at what they, maybe they might have been singing, and maybe we can put this into our repertoire as we go through the era that we're in. Like, for example, Psalm 113 says what? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Are there any servants in the house? Lift up your voice of praise. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and when? Forever, forever and ever. From the rising of the sun to the setting to where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Can you imagine them singing that? They're at midnight. Hey, come on, let's have a little song. Let's sing it up, you know? From the rising of the sun to the place it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. It doesn't matter that our feet are locked up. It doesn't matter that my hands are locked up. It doesn't matter that I'm bleeding from my back. It doesn't matter that my feet are sore. My tongue still works and my mouth still works, and I'm going to lift up a shout of praise. All right, maybe this one. Maybe they were singing Psalm 115, part of it. It's not the dead who praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, they never went to church on Sunday morning. <laughs> All right. Lady George is yawning when I said that. <laughs> it's not the dead who praise the Lord. Those who go down to the place of silence. How many know they weren't dead? They were beaten. They were stripped. They were mocked. They were put into the stock. But they weren't dead. They still had breath. And if you got breath in your lungs, you can praise your God. Right? It's not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to the place of silence. It's we who extort the Lord both now and forever. Praise the Lord. What about 117 they were singing? Come on, Troy. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you people. For great is his love towards us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Wait a minute. Do you think they possibly could have been singing that? God, you haven't been faithful. I cast out that demon. You let me get beat. You let me get stripped. You let me get put into a prison. Have you ever thought God's been unfaithful to you? Yeah. Yeah, some of you ain't going to say it because you're in church. There's been times I've looked at him and said, you didn't have my back. You didn't have my back. My kid's dead. You think I didn't say that to God? Hmm? Some of you have said that to God because you've also gone through the horrors of life. But then all of a sudden, something rises up, and your praise isn't based on your situation. Your praise, your praise is based upon the truth of who God is. And he has been faithful. And he's been with me every day since. Amen. 
Maybe it was 119, part of it. I didn't even take a long time to sing Psalm 119. Though the wicked bind me with ropes. Think about this. Where are they at? In prison, beaten, chained, and whipped. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. And at midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. Come on. I just can see him. Hey, 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 Silas. What's that, what's that psalm say? What's Psalm 119 say? Something about midnight? Yeah, 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 that one. That, at midnight, we're going to rise and give them. Come on, come on, Silas. Come on, Troy. Let's sing it. Paul had to come on, Silas. I got come on, Troy. Come on, Troy. Let's sing it at midnight. Let's lift up a shout. Let's lift up some praise at midnight. Let's see what happens. At midnight, I'm going to rise to give thanks. Right? You see, they put it on. They put it on. The enemy tried to silence him. The enemy put him in prison. The enemy was ticked off. And the enemy this morning is looking at you and saying, I got you. I've shut you up. You don't praise God the way you used to. You don't, you're not as excited. You don't shout. This happened. That happened. You did this. Your wife did that. Your kid did this. Your kid did that. The job this. The job that. The president this. The president that. The governor this. The governor that. I say to the church this morning, put on your praise. Put on your praise. Put on your praise. Put on your praise. We have allowed this situation and we have allowed this era to become a governor for the church. And the church must say no more. I shall put on my prayer. I shall put on my praise. And my God shall move in my midst. Put it on. He can't put it on for you. He can't put it on for you. Some of you are walking around like this. You took it off. You ain't got it no more. You ain't got a garment of praise anymore. You walk past it every now and then. I should put that on. Yeah, but you don't. It's time to grab that sucker. It is time to pick it up. It is time to put it on. You put it on proudly. You get that baby on. You puff up your chest. You look at the devil and you say, I will praise my God. You know why? Because the scripture tells me that praise silences the voice of the enemy. He has got his grip on you. He has grabbed you by the throat. He has grabbed you by the spirit. He has silenced you. And it is time that you start praising your God and you shut him up. Come on, church. I am tired of services with governors on them. I am tired of it. Come on. They can do all the mandates they want, but they cannot silence the church. When the persecuted put on prayer, praise, and the person of Christ, the plot of the enemy will be foiled. And there is a battle in the heavenly realm. There is a battle waged by principalities and authorities. There is a battle. And it is not against flesh and blood. And I'm going to say to you this morning, it is not against the governor. I don't like most of what he does. But my battle's not against him. And my battle's not against the president. And my battle's not against the Democrats. And my battle's not against my wife. And my battle's not against my husband. I don't have one of those. My battle's not against my kids. My battle's not against my boss. My battle's against an enemy in my soul. Raise up your spirit of prayer.